On today's episode, we're discussing The Serpent Queen, a new show on stars that came out September 11th, three days after Queen Elizabeth II passed away. No connection. It's the first of an eight-episode miniseries. The first episode is called Medici Bitch. The show was kicked off by Justin Haith, who read Leonie Frida's 2004 biography of Catherine de Medici, Renaissance Queen of France, that's the name of the book. And it, that was based on thousands of private letters. Then it was greenlit, sped into production by stars, and the head of originals there, Christina Davis, said that the Serpent Queen may be the most cunning account of one of the most influential women ever to wear the crown that stars has ever told. So tell me what you learned. Well, is this like based 100% on a true story? Because suddenly like the queen halfway through the episode is like using telekinetic abilities. Well, she was known to be very superstitious. And I know that she was also accused of being a witch at one point. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I, mean, I don't think that they went full supernatural in the show. Well, I was kind of worried at the beginning because I think the intro to the show is the queen and there's this huge pop song in the background as she's slowly walking towards the chair. And after she sits down in the throne, like snakes come out of her dress. So you thought it'd be too <laughs> anachronistic mixed with sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But no, but this is much more like educational, but not in the it's also entertainment, but yeah. it's more there's more fact to it than fiction. I would she say. Had, yeah, she had a tragic backstory and that's kind of well. Uh, what you learn so it does the thing where the first scene starts in france 1560 you have rahima she's a, just a servant who's serving the queen breakfast and then the queen wants to tell her a backstory which takes place in tuscany and france back in 1536 when she was 15 years old okay do you understand why she's queen at this point because her son is about to be king. yes yeah it He's was 10 years old yeah it was strangely timely and um, so she has to be the queen regent yeah in a week he's going to become king and i think that that that's the reason why they end up telling the story that she does as to how she became queen, just kind of to parallel that storyline. Well, she is becoming queen as he is becoming right. king. Right, yeah, yes. exactly. And so then she will rule for until she passes it passes it on to him. And then even when he has the technical like kingship, yeah. she will continue to rule for many years after that. Yeah, but like the it was just complete backstory that we get for this episode. And that's kind of what actually made my So it's not even like the main actress. Uh, playing Catherine, it's uh, Liv Hill. Yeah, there is there is a couple parts here and there where they go to the 1560 storyline, but for the most part, I'd say like 90% of this is just taking place in 1536. And do you prefer that storyline, or do you like the one where I, th I thought they back? did a good job with it. It was hard to watch at different points because it seems like every single guy was a complete dick to her okay. back in the day. Um, it takes place when she was. Well, the first thing we see is that uh, her mother and her father died. Then she was given over to her grandmother who passed away in her sleep. And she even has this line early on about how she says that like bad luck kind of followed her because then we see that she went to an orphanage and she was abused at the orphanage. Um, how was she abused? Like the nuns would literally like abuse her. One, it's even whipping her, and that's where so we they kinda, would hurt her. Yeah, that's yeah. where we would even kind of see she has telekinetic abilities because as uh, the nun was whipping her, she saw the nun's dog and was able to like kill it with her with her mind. Again, you're witnessing a story in this first yeah. episode from her telling of it. So right. obviously, if she gives herself superpowers to try to like beef up her own standing <laughs> in like some of the background, then that it would was, make sense. It was strange to see, especially paired with the intro scene again with the snakes coming out of her dress in fact that was also a little bit of one of my cons where it's like it's kind of hard to really 
agree or to be on the queen's side because the queen when they show her back in 1536 again when she's 15 years old she can break the fourth wall yes she literally is speaking to the camera but the like present day queen we don't see her do that in any way mm-hmm. and also she's very snarky in 1536 like it has this is the most guy Ritchie tv show if guy <laughs> Ritchie were to ever direct a tv show i think he has yes yeah well i'm surprised that he didn't direct this one because it seems like they took straight up inspiration from it she's like the person who directed actually directed a bunch of episodes of dickinson oh, so yeah. i wasn't too surprised when i heard well, that they broke that, the fourth wall or again that they like put pop music in there yes very like modern day for the series they've been trying to tell and it's it seemed like a more serious version of the sitcom another period oh that's how that's how this felt well i would be pretty insulted if i was the showrunners here because they shot on location they went crazy with the costumes they actually used facts like another period was literally just an improv comedy yeah i was more meaning the tone that another period uses where it seems like it wants to be outlandish just for the sake of where it's aware of its own humor yeah the tagline for the show is tell me what you would have done differently which is i think one of the queen's lines that's yeah that's the line that she says right before it flashes back to 1536 and so do you ask yourself that question throughout seeing this narrative yeah you do and would you have done anything differently it seems like a lot of the situations that she was put into weren't really from her own idea like for example the main plot of the episode is that she is going to be part of an arranged marriage with henry and it's not like she had any like real say in that obviously not Um, back in that time period especially if you were any form of higher standing like she wasn't royalty but she was definitely like a noble woman Mm -hmm. like being set up for marriage so that you could uh, strengthen your family line or whatever yeah something you didn't have much control of at all and it wasn't really because like she really liked henry either the reason they were doing it is because charles dance who plays a very good pope and he he plays an absolute dick like he is insulting her looks over and over and over again in fact my favorite part of the episode is when charles dance insults her looks again and then she like gets a glass for him pours some wines and and then spits in it without him seeing and and it's an on-running joke that she's ugly right yeah and you're saying it worked uh, i'm saying that like that one scene I, I was laughing at pretty hard and the last thing you saw charles dance in just wanted to point out the sandman he also played sort of a dick and he was also just kind of a side character yeah he always like does these roles where it's, he was in the crown as well um you know obviously game of thrones he always plays these like old timey tv show characters who are like who well, always he is are evil <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> And so he turns out to be evil here or what? Right. I mean, like evil, he's less evil than maybe uh, Tywin Lannister was. Yeah, because his whole deal, uh, Pope Clement VII, is that he set up Henry and uh, Catherine, like you said. But like he didn't do it to get like even or something. He, He actually saved her from being kidnapped when she was a child in real life i'm not right. sure if they represent that here no yeah because what happens is um just like going back to that is that knights take over the nunnery mm-hmm. and they end up kidnapping catherine and then yeah that's the when, convent yeah. that's when the pope ends up coming in but that's like the only noble thing he does because it's very heavily interpreted that he is a pervert like oh. absolutely yeah but he's just not interested in her because she's ugly basically Weird. yeah and, and uh and so <laughs> So what they have to do is they have to give her an extreme makeover. 
<laughs> That's what ends up happening. To try they, to impress Henry or impress yeah, his yeah. family? Exactly, because the reason why they want Henry and Catherine to get together, I couldn't tell if it was because they wanted to end a war or they wanted a strong ally for, for a war that they were facing. Um, but I know that the Pope is saying that like they have a they have a ton of people in the army who were killed. They are extremely poor. The army is starving. Like everyone is in financial debt. Like they need help. Well, and, she's Italian. And right. then that's, that's Henry's it. dad is Francis II, who was the king of France at the time. Right. And so I guess melding those two together would help. I think it was a strong ally that they were looking for. Yeah. Right. And, and so um, so what they do is that, like, you get this quick montage. The Medici family has pull. Is, but yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And, and you get a quick montage. And then Catherine walks out. And then uh, and, and it just does not work. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Catherine comes up with the idea. Uh, she's like, you know what? You didn't give us that much money. How about you just give us a ton of money? So they can what does that us- even mean? Because with like um, the main person who was working with her was like, I did the best with all of the budget that I was given. And then uh, she's like, you know what? Like, let's put in all the budget to making me look good, like for the dress and everything else. And then the Pope is like, like spare no expense. I want to look the best right. I possibly can. And so they put her in an even tighter dress or what? Like, what's the... They give her a full new dress. They, like, cover her face in makeup. Again, a new haircut, everything. They put her so on So she looks like one of those old-time paintings that you see. She looked ridiculous. Yeah, that just, was... like, complete powder on the face. Right, yes, completely. Yeah, yeah you could literally see... It was just white powder. Yeah, you can't even over. see, like, any detail. <laughs> it's just, like, a smudge. And then there's, like, uh, eye holes and a smiley <laughs> face. And then they're like... Let's go to France. Okay. <laughs> so so after they do that, uh, like the first second that she walks out of the carriage, um, because there's a huge line of people, Henry, the person that she's going to be marrying, isn't there, but the whole entire family is. Yeah. And they're all like laughing at her and they're like, This is absolutely you look like a clown. Henry is not going to go for you. And um and, and the big like selling point as to why they reject her is because apparently the Pope did not pay the full money for the dowry. Okay. He paid like half of it, and then he said half of it would be later. And then right as they're about to completely reject her, in fact, I think it was either Henry's cousin or Henry's brother was like, if it was just your looks, we can maybe get over that. But the fact that you haven't paid us anything is a huge, that's like the reason why we're rejecting you. She she comes out of nowhere and starts promising a ton of stuff that the Pope hadn't promised. She promises land. I think she promises a cardinal to one of the family. Is that a smart move? Members as well. Is well, it to show that she like is quick on her foot, feet? Right, yeah, yeah. Because it ends right. up being the thing that gets like the whole entire family to agree to this so it's like so everything that i said so far i don't know but is that like factual uh to a certain extent um her parents died in a different way uh she didn't hate the convent actually like she i don't think she was abused there but she was kidnapped several times before she was placed there and then kidnapped again uh her status has been understated, I heard in the show, like they, but you didn't really talk about that, where she was considered a peasant almost in the show, but in real life, she was, she was kind of a higher regard, even though her parents died, they were still a duke, and her mom was a countess, so she wasn't like, a, no, she was an aristocrat. There was, there was some hard scenes to watch, like, uh, it was, again, the first scene when po- the Pope and her are talking in the Pope's house, and there's a ton of people there, and one of them, like, one of the people that works for the Pope even inserts his fingers into to her to make sure she's tight enough and oh. i was like that is straight up like just completely. yeah that's kind of gross yeah that, yeah <laughs> but like you're saying that that's not how it was actually. i don't yeah i did not read anything about that specific scene also the thing with her and, and diane which i'm sure you're getting to that there's stuff about that but yeah okay so ahead. so yeah i can get to that the first thing we see about henry is he's jousting reminding me a little bit of horror the dragon 
But uh, after he jousts, he ends up winning, and he gives these roses to Diane, who uh, I think the father says is like a mother figure to him. Yeah, which she is. Right, yes. yeah. And uh, and then we also see that Henry... He's like supposed to be 14, or this is in real life, they were 14 years old when they got married. Yeah. And uh, the Diane's character is more like 35, I yeah. think, around that time. Yeah, way, yeah. way older. And you, you kind of see that Henry is the least like child from the father. He The father is like has no problem talking down to well, him yeah he's not the direct if his father dies it goes to the first kid right yeah so he would come along the next yeah right and, but we see that henry is like the only good guy so far like he is complimenting uh catherine's looks they, they seem to be getting along everything seems to be going swell and then they actually get to the wedding uh and catherine even talks to diane a little bit and diane gives her, like her the rundown on everybody do we get interspliced here like why future Catherine is telling this story to Rahima? Well, again, that's that's the whole entire question. The queen says to Rahima right before she launches into her story, tell me what you would have done differently. Yes. And so I think that that is, so the reason why you're given kind of the full story is just because that's the ongoing question. You said it yourself, that's the tagline. But it doesn't sound like the queen has done anything necessarily too bad here. Like there hasn't been anything to question yet. Well, I, I that comes into play later. Okay. Because at the wedding diane is like diane seems to be like you're not really sure where to land on her it's like she's somewhat you can tell she's not all like the nicest person but also it seems like she's actually trying to help Catherine because she's giving the rundown on everybody at the wedding she's giving her advice right exactly and the last thing she says to her is um make sure that henry does not fail and that only makes sense afterwards because they have their dance but then that's when Catherine has to go into a room, everybody is sitting down, there's a bed, and then there's Henry, and they have to have sex in front of everybody. Yeah, I think that was sort of a tradition back in the day. Yeah, and again, that was another scene that was very hard Literally to watch. Literally consummating the marriage in front of your entire family. Was, yeah. Sounds like the scariest thing that anyone <laughs> could ever make anyone do. Yeah, and at first that they like aren't really trying for it you can tell that both are very uncomfortable but then henry is able to finish and everybody like claps and starts giving him <laughs> just a compliments. polite little clap <laughs> well they they start giving him comments as well like well done or whatever and, and everybody leaves and then Catherine tries to speak to henry again and henry is just like get out like he screams at, at her to get out you can tell obviously it was very embarrassing for him so Catherine leaves and kind of in like a state i guess of like trying to be determined or, or trying to show that she has a lot of confidence decides to turn around and I guess just kind of confront him about it. So she walks into the room and this is probably what you're talking about. Then uh, she sees that Henry and Diane are having sex. And, and that was like just that a, quick after yes. he had just finished. It, it was a good, her. like maybe four or five minutes afterwards. Yeah. Wow. And I, it looked like that at okay. least maybe he was being consoled, but this was definitely not the relationship that the father <laughs> was explaining that uh, he had with her. Yeah. All right. So yeah, this whole relationship, the thing with Diane and Henry is well known. It was an open secret in the kingdom and it lasted for years. Yeah, it was. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Catherine and Diane's relationship, how was it after that? Does she do anything to Diane? Well, the, the next thing we see is that's when it flashes forward to 1560, and we see that the queen decides to screw Rahima over. She's like, and that's when I learned not to trust anybody. She throws the tray over that Rahima put early on in the episode, and the guards of come food? running in. Yeah, of food. And the guards come running in, and then the queen is like, you take away this clumsy servant, and then they take her away, and, and Rahima is like screaming the whole time. They throw her into an isolated room. Yes. And then um, right as they like lock the door, uh, Rahima 
pulls out an orange that she stole from the queen. And that's resonant because at the very beginning of the episode, that's something similar that the queen did to the nun, uh, where she stole an orange as well. And then that's kind of where the episode ends. So it wasn't that uh, Catherine had le- given her the no, orange or no, anything? No, no, no. This was supposed to be, like, again, paralleling the two, I guess. Rahima might be, like, kind of the, uh, the Catherine of 1560. Okay. Know. So what do you think Catherine is going to do to Diane, just based off what you saw? I don't know. I, I, I don't know much about history, but maybe... maybe <laughs> you don't know much about the 16th century said, kingdoms? Yeah. yeah, but since you said it's a miniseries, which I was a little surprised to learn about. Eight episodes, yeah. I would say that probably Catherine is going to try and kill Diane at some point, or at least plot to do so. Mm-hmm. And you'd be fair to think that. However, from what I'm reading in history is that they tolerated one, one another, knowing that they were kind of necessary evils. Like, without Catherine there formally as the queen then Henry is nothing. Like, he wouldn't have the kingdom that he has. They wouldn't trust him as much. Right. He would be some figure that had lost his wife. Uh, and also, without Diane, Henry wouldn't be happy. Mm-hmm. And so Diane, like, even, Diane even talks to Catherine at the wedding, and she's like, I would wish you to be a widow, because it's the best thing you can be. You still have, like, all the power, kind of, in all the respects, but I fancy uh, Henry too much, or something like that. And then also, depending on the sources you trust, they were actually possibly friends. Now, that's not the way they're choosing to depict it here, (laughs) but there's a bunch of sources that could lead you to believe maybe they were had a closer relationship. I I guess I want to go back a little bit because you said that the parents died a different way. They say that the father, um, Catherine's parents, they say Mm -hmm. the father got syphilis and then the uh, her mom got syphilis. But before it really like affected her, she committed suicide. Yeah, that did. So her mom died after childbirth from a bacterial infection that she got at childbirth. Mm -hmm. And then also they don't know how the dad died. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they because they depict the dad as like having multiple wives. And I mean, just, they like, they took some liberties. Around. They they yeah. basically just wanted to tell you a story here and put in a, a little bit of history, so you did learn some stuff. But like mostly, it was about that entertainment. One of the coolest parts about production was they were actually able to shoot on location where Catherine's home was, the hall she used to walk around in. It was the first time that any show's ever been able to film in Papel Palace, which was the resident of the Pope at the for the Catholic Church, like mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah. But usually it's overfilled with tourists. So COVID worked in their <laughs> favor because they kind of like emptied everything out. They were able to film in all these places in France and Italy, uh, the Chateau de Chananso, which is a famous place. And then the ornamentation, the costumes, like everything was supposed to be super realistic. And uh, how was the writing? Uh, the writing, it, you know, I really liked the pacing, actually. It didn't drag at all throughout the episode. And cool. maybe it's just, just the fact that it was like very similar to the Essex Serpent or the Serpent Queen. I thought it was going to be a big slow burn. No, the Essex Serpent plus Becoming Elizabeth. If you merge those, you get the title here, which is basically the Serpent Queen. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. And, and because of that, I was like expecting just this like very slow story to kind of build. But no, 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 it, it didn't seem to drag at all. Really like the pacing. I also really like the way it was shot and the directing. I thought they did a good job with it. And so yeah. I already told you Stacey Passon, who directed, was the Dickinson director. Right. Also, or for four episodes. And then the person who show runs and also like started up the show, pitched it to begin with, Justin Haith. He's written a lot of screenplays. So I, let me just run through them with okay. you. Revolutionary Road. I haven't heard of it. That's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then there's Red Sparrow. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That came out like a couple years ago. But it doesn't mix with this sort of show at all? I mean, not really. Snitch? Snitch? Yes. Snitch. Oh, the Dwayne Johnson movie? Dwayne Johnson movie. That doesn't mesh with this at all. (laughs) The Lone Ranger? 
<laughs> the 2013 version? Yes. Army Hammer? Yeah, no. Uh, a Cure for Wellness. Okay, just a ton of stuff that is not, yeah. And uh, Morbius. <laughs> but he's uncredited, which I think, I don't know if he asked for that after he saw the movie or if that was just one of those things that he just... It was the best possible option he could use. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and I also just want to say that like when it comes to anything, The Gilded Age, Downton Abbey, Coming Elizabeth, uh, Another Period, even in some sense, Game of Thrones, all these old time shows have good costuming and it's no difference here. That's Again, you loop in Another Period with these things and it's funny because like that is not supposed to have good costuming. I'm, in fact, I'm pretty sure they just grabbed whatever was off the rack. Maybe I don't remember another period too well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it just, it just reminds And also, whenever she, like, stopped the camera, that reminded me of Saved by the Bell, but the 2020 version, mm-hmm. where it just seemed like a weird gimmick that they put in there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, overall, I liked it. Like I said, maybe some of the cons were the fact that, yeah, um, Catherine, especially at the very beginning, doesn't come across as too likable, kind of know-it-all uh, in that sense. And a lot of the scenes were uncomfortable to watch i understand that that was intentional but still not really not really fun to see uh but overall i give it a seven out of ten i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would that's I thought what that the imdb rating is right now it's a seven out seven of 10. out of ten yeah i thought that i was going to maybe give this like a four or five especially when i saw this huge pop song with the queen walking to the throne i was just like oh well what was this it's gonna going be like to be? slapping you in the face yeah. with like i'm the coolest bitch around but no but it was actually it was actually like entertaining to watch and for that i can really only be grateful <laughs> okay Uh, Had we reviewed the Tales of the Walking Dead episode three instead of episode four, this would have been the second show that you would have seen starring Samantha Morton because Mm. that is alpha. Wow. There's, you didn't recognize I her? would not. No, she has hair in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, she shaved her head for a few times. She's also done a bunch of period pieces before this. Fictional characters like Jane Eyre, uh, Harriet Smith in, in Emma, the 1996 version. Mm. Also real people like Elizabeth Berry. Um, she also starred in a show called Harlots, which took place in the 17th century. She also played Mary Queen of Scots, who's a character in this show. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see that uh, dynamic in Elizabeth the Golden Age. The main thing I got from her was that the costumes got super hot to be yeah, wearing I in france in the middle of like summer and stuff yeah <laughs> and then also the uh apparently that catherine if she was the first person in history to just wear black all the time which really it, it, as a regal figure i guess i mean in 1560 you see her wear black but like in the 1536 storyline she's just wearing like orange and, yeah i think yeah. it's a transition that happens as she like loses her innocence and such mm-hmm. and so do you find by the end of this episode with what Catherine does that she is the villain of the show that's what they they make it seem like at the end of the first episode, but I assume as we get more episodes with the backstory, and you kind of understand why she's doing it, um, kind of paired with like the parallel storytelling. Um, she's, she's been looked at as a more sympathetic lens over, like, historians are reassessing how they see her. She's seen more as an anti-hero nowadays. Yeah, that, However, that's, that's why I was like, looking for. like, the reason for. that she was... called the serpent queen is because of all these nasty rumors and stuff about her as well as like events in history that happened at the same time that she was ruling yeah Um, anti-hero was a yeah good way to describe her that's yeah so you're willing to give her some rope when it comes to some of the things she does some because of of, because of the time that she was living in um and then are you compelled to keep watching it I'm not going to keep watching it. Um, maybe, actually, you know, this is strange. Maybe if it was a show that I knew wasn't going to end. But I assume that, like, it just being eight episodes. And also you saying that only has, like, a seven on IMDb. doesn't seem like something that I would really continue to tune in to watch. I feel like I have to watch. Well, Collider gave it a B. 
crediting the cast. The Guardian gave a pretty optimistic review, only gave it a three out of five, but said the timber is very now. Uh, seven out of 10 on IMDb, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Overall, pretty positive reviews for the show. Uh, and it did, like, it's impossible not to compare it in my point of view, to becoming Elizabeth, yeah. because I had to watch that one. And she wanted her son in real life, Catherine did. She wrote to Elizabeth and she wanted Queen Elizabeth I to marry her <laughs> kid, which kind of fell on deaf ears. Like they never were okay with that. Also, she had to deal with the Protestant versus Catholic. Yes. Uh, there in France, it was called the Huguenots. One of the things she says to the family, uh, one of the things that the Pope did not say that he was going to do, but that she like offers is the fact that she says, and um the pope will like give clearance or um will like clear you of your sins for leaving catholicism because apparently that family she used wasn't to be for catholic. the protestants i don't think i no. think she was for the catholics but this is something that she she said to the family and the pope is catholic no but this is something that she said to the family when the family was like saying that they weren't going to let her marry henry and oh, then she came out she talking was going about, to give them the yeah. rope to like leave the religion well not like be clear to the sins because they had already left catholicism it's interesting because later on in her tenure which you haven't even reached yet because this is just 1560 yeah there's big events that occur where that becomes an issue. I wonder how much of it is going to take place in the future, because like I said, 90% of this just took place in the past. It, uh, most of it will. I know that oh. at one point, okay. like Catherine will disappear from the show. The girl who played her, I already said her name was Liv Hill, but she was in this film called Jellyfish. I think that's where she's most well known from, um, which is, I think, an independent film. Uh, but like this all had me thinking about like stars in general, not stars, <laughs> the people playing, but like the network that it's on. Yeah, right. Yeah. So as a cable station, like, what do you know stars from? Like, what are the top shows that pop into your head? I always you think of stars before I knew like really the distinct difference. I always just kind of looped in stars with like HBO. So really, I don't know a lot of TV shows that were actually. You do. On you stars. probably just don't realize that's which what ones I, they are. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, stars for the longest time had shows like Spartacus. Black Sails, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, Party Down, Outlander. Those were kind of mm -hmm. like its biggest hits. And then in 2016, this had me doing all this research for it because I realized that they also do the White Queen, the Spanish Princess, uh, Becoming oh, Elizabeth. Okay. Like she, They're doing all these historical shows, and I was wondering yeah. if there was a reason behind that. So I started doing some research. And in 2016, Lionsgate acquired stars for $4.4 billion dollars. It's reminded me a lot of the AT&T deal wow. where yeah. they had bought out HBO and they took it from a domestic cable company to an international one. And then they made a purposeful push in marketing strategy to change it from a primary viewership of males to, quote, premium women. Now, <laughs> and this is where shit gets weird. OK, so I stumbled upon this interview from 2019 from the CEO um, with Hollywood Reporter, I think it was. And it was really cringy. Jeffrey Hirsch, who is actually now the CEO, he was promoted since the interview, has um, not because of the interview, right. but he said that calling their strategy female centric would sound too much like they were trying to be lifetime. So what he wanted was to invent this new term, which was 24 to 54 year old women who like that would they wanted to be there, become their new base. Right. And he was going to call them premium women who he was going to appeal to the Outlander fans uh, in testing their more loyal audience who will pull their husbands into the shows they watch. <laughs> Basically, he thought that formula can't fail. And so almost all of Star's programming is now shaped around 
star female characters. And so I, I was like, is that true? So I went into the shows that we've done with them and or, or just shows that they show in general. And you've got with the exception of Heels and um, maybe American Gods, but I think American Gods ended. Yeah. You have P-Valley, The Girlfriend Experience, Gaslit, Shining Veil, The Luminaries, Blind Spotting, Becoming Elizabeth. And sure as not, yeah. those are mostly female-led casts. Yeah? yeah. But I did have a couple of thoughts about that interview because one way to completely alienate your point of view is to throw out a term like premium women and then yeah. try to define it. It just sounds so sexist. Sounds way worse. And then, yeah, and then, but put in a less sleazy way, there's nothing wrong with making a conscious effort to make more content for women, but it seems like what they wanted to do, what they actually did was they just like kind of hucked off all the shows that were otherwise successful for them to concentrate only on that, which is a risky gambit in this day and age. So, but it is what they ended up doing because I just listed off those shows and those are the ones that they're out with. And this yeah. show was pretty, you said you liked, but I think what ultimately turned me against the Hirsch guy so much was that one of my favorite shows from 2016 over the last decade yeah. was counterpart and so the hollywood reporter <laughs> followed up by asking him why counterpart was canceled because this was at a time when it was like 2019 and the people right. were wondering after two seasons why this great show had left and he said that it was too complicated for the average viewer which was like a slap in the face and it said it felt not only condescending but He's not done there. Like the interviewer then asked pretty wisely, I think, if Counterpart had starred a woman at the center, which it basically did, would it have been canceled? And he said, no, it depends. (laughs) (laughs) Which is no, that means no. It it did seem like it's, I mean, and and, and it already, (laughs) that upset me so much. But now I know the reason why this happened. It just seems like chucking out a show like that just in the risk like now guess what we're 2016 is when Lionsgate made the deal well that purchase price that they made it for is now twice as much as what Lionsgate is worth today wow so Lionsgate is bleeding money and stars is on the chopping block for the last year they've been trying to get rid of it very similar to (laughs) ATT and HBO so like Lionsgate is literally in the process right now of ditching stars as a company and yet he's still uh, Jeffrey Hirsch is there, like, as CEO, making these decisions. So, again, nothing wrong with creating women-centric com- content, but this guy, just, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's just, like, the off-tangent that I wanted to go on, on about stars uh, before we ended the show. <laughs> but overall, you like the show. Yes, I like this show, It's yeah. been positively reviewed. People should go watch it, check it out. Um, and yeah, other than that, I think we're done. So thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.